Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, thanks for downloading the Manchester Football Social, the Friday edition of the Manchester Football Social, the very last preview show of the season. Um, It's gone quick, hasn't it? Football season. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's been the longest season of my life. Quick and fast. Quick and slow at the same time. It's weird. Sometimes time stands still. Sometimes it just flies by. Stand still when when you're losing. But when you're winning, flying. Yeah, we had a little period where it flew by in the sort of the the sort of what was it December to to February era, <laughs> the golden era of the season. Well, yeah. we spoke about absolutely everything that happened this season during the show. We also spoke about what might happen on Sunday with the title race obviously reaching a conclusion. We also spoke about what Manchester United need to do if they're going to improve for next season. Loads to chat about in the company of Stephen McInerney and Jay Motti as well. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you the other side of this. Manchester Football Social. Well, here we are. 10 months, 37 games and one final hurdle to go. The Premier League season is reaching its conclusion and on Sunday we'll know whether Manchester City will taste Premier League glory. Manchester United, meanwhile, have work to do in the summer. Mike Phelan signed a contract to stay as assistant manager under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but many Reds feel it's more what's on the pitch that needs addressing. Hello, welcome to the Manchester Football Social, the place where you can have your say on your team. So whether you're red or blue, we want to hear from you as we prepare for the final game of this campaign. 0345 treble one seven six two five is the phone number. Give us a call 87711 to text or you can tweet us at MCR Footy Social. And we have representation from both Reds and Blues here in the studio. From full-time Devils we've got Jay Motti. Hello Jay. Hi lads, thanks for having me on again. <laughs> at this epic point in our season. There's so much talk about for you, isn't there? <laughs> go, you're going to go out with a, a damp whimper or whatever it is. Well, yeah, Steve, that, yeah, like that. Uh, we've also got Steve Stephen McInerney from Esteemed Company. Hey, hello, Steve. Hello, you all right? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I'm, good. I'm looking good forward to, to this. It's, it's hopefully going to be a good show as we, uh, well, for United fans, wind down, but for City fans, very much <laughs> wind down. the end of the season. It's uh, the big stuff, isn't it? It's yeah. exciting. Well, it's it, for me. We it started winding down in 
March. So I don't know what you're talking about. You've been my three Anyway, lots to talk about uh, on both sides of the city. But let's just start with what's going to happen on Sunday. It's the final game of the season. Uh, Manchester United against Cardiff, obviously. Yes. <laughs> uh, but Manchester City have a, have a huge game, don't they? They have a chance to retain the Premier League title, something that hasn't been done for 10 years. Would this cement Manchester City if they do win the league as one of the great Premier League teams? Um, I think we'd have to say that really. I think even the, the staunchest of Reds or the most biased Liverpool fans or whatever, Arsenal fans, would have to would struggle to deny that simply because the thing that makes this back-to-back thing exceptional is the points total, um, which has never been done before. In general, when you look at great teams, they always have a thing that stands out about them, you know, in terms of United's treble team or Arsenal's Invincibles or Chelsea's Mourinho, which had the, at the time had the, you know, the most points, ninety-five uh, it was. But this one... Um, It'll be for Pep. If we win this league, it'll be the one uh, that cements this team is great because it'll be back-to-back consecutive uh, highest points totals ever uh, in English football in the Premier League. Um, and also, it'll be uh, two seasons in a row where we beat every single team uh, in terms of in the campaign, which is just once again unprecedented. I think it's been, oh, it's not unprecedented. I think uh, Preston did it in 1890 or something, you know? So it's pretty long. To, it's long I can't quite remember that still one. Records, still yeah. still yeah. records. Still records. But either way, yeah, this is uh, undoubtedly... Um, the big one and this is honestly hand on heart and I've, I've been on record saying this a billion times this is why I wanted the Premier League more than anything else because I wanted to be that team that people remembered um, and I feel like this is the thing that could genuinely certify stamp that for us which would be nice There was a, a debate going on on the Wednesday edition of the Manchester Football Social which you can get as a podcast by the way just search Manchester Football Social wherever you get your podcasts where Danny Jackson and Alex Boardman were arguing with each other over whether this title race between City and Liverpool eclipses that between City and United with the whole 93-20 thing. Personally, for me, as, a, as an outsider looking in, I think this will be the greatest achievement in Manchester City's history to retain the title in the manner that they do it this season, if they do. That, for me, that's, that's a personal opinion. What do you think about this whole title race thing? It's not fun. I'll give you that, definitely. Yeah, I mean, essentially, is, it, is it better? I mean, you, 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 I mean the quality maybe is better, but I'm not sure the actual, the yeah, actual that's dramas. That's the best moment in Premier League history. It's, I mean, winning the league this summer yeah, is I don't, the worst can't. moment for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By a country mile. Um, I think the, the sort of the twists and the turns in that season... Eight points in April, that pains me to say, all the rest of it. <laughs> the, the, you know, we, we'd won at Sunderland, we go over to the Etihad and then he goes and does what he does. I don't need to go over to that. Please don't play the clip like you always do when I'm on this show. Um, <laughs> I've got it, I've not so in it. terms of drama, the, the, you know, that season is, is up there with any. I think probably surpasses any in terms of like the last-minute drama. United have won the, the title on the last day a few times, but not quite in that manner where it's like the last kick of the season almost. Um, this season, I've never seen any two teams that relentless consistency yeah, yeah. it's mm. been what is it 13 wins on the spin for you guys it's and, like um, and, and even a draw Barca and Rail isn't it under yeah. Mourinho and yeah. Pep, even a draw and it's the and end for again the teams, we've had know? it yeah. with Chelsea a couple of times where it's gone down to the wire where you've had but you've had twists and turns here you've just had just bulldozer in really over yeah. the teams and it's it's literally like a draw 10 games ago yeah is going to cost you the title which I've not really seen and going back to Steve's point I agree. I've said it on record many a time that for me, the hardest thing to do is retain the title. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not just saying that I've no, said I agree. It all the time because, you know, no disrespect, but Leicester won the title. I wouldn't say they're the greatest team ever. 
it's you can win the title and still be a very good team to retain it i think you've got to be something special it's the psychology isn't, yeah. it, isn't it it's um, just so hard to do and, and to retain it in the manner you've done it pains me to say you know it will put you in the mix as, as one of the great premier league sides it's silly not to argue that well we've never done it before and that's another reason why you know sure. history man city this would only be our sixth you know title win and um only only it's nice to have it in my lifetime to be honest but in general it's something obviously that we want to do and uh, as a club but it's not just a pep thing it's a a club-wide thing it's um it's a very much a modern era as well i don't think anyone's done it for like a decade or something like that yeah it's been a while um and once again as we said earlier that kind of increased relentlessness from liverpool it will make it a little bit more special um i'm just hoping it's gonna be a very easy game you know early goals i I think perversely this this season might even been easier to get to that point because we were so far behind last season what impressed me was you were running away with it and never sort of so your foot off the gas. Yeah. Where no you, you get to that point where you just think, well, they're 18, 19 points behind us. You know, we can just, we can sort of let yeah, it our laurels. Harlem Globe yeah, Harlem Globetrotters, wasn't it? it just turned but you didn't, and that was like, from sort of United point of view, we were never in the title race. It was over when you beat us at Old Trafford. But to just kept watching Karen winning was like pretty... If old man would say like, well, that's impressive considering that no one's really challenging him. In yeah, terms of easily. title races, though, where, where does it rank, though? Because this was the argument that the lads were having. They were saying, you know, there's been better title races between more teams, which mm. makes it more exciting. But I think the lead's changed hands, what, 30-something times this season? Well, I think a lot of that, though, is just literally because one team played the day before the other. In terms of the actual match day, it's been marginal, I think, yeah. what I can gather. Like, mm. uh, um, Yeah, you're right, it's the round. Yeah, it's, it's the round yeah. of the game. In terms yeah. of, like, after game 34 or whatever, it's always... It's been pretty consistent. Even. Um, yeah, it's just obviously the schedule, TV scheduling has made it look so much more exciting it's than more it is. It's like a Cambridge-Oxford boat race. Yeah. With one team going in front of the other and then well, back that's again. it. I honestly think this TV scheduling has made this look interesting. But yeah. largely, if it was all on the same day, it would be nowhere near as dramatic. So I was like, oh, now what are they going to do? What are they going to do? When it's literally, it's just like it could have been on 3 p.m. on a Saturday. This, it wouldn't have been. This is, for me as well, the first sort of really close title challenge that's been properly played out on social media. 2012 yeah. wasn't quite at that level. It was a little bit, obviously. 14 for City, though, Liverpool was kind of there-ish. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't... There wasn't anywhere near as prevalent, this, I would say. I mean, every... I mean, you saw the, the, the Liverpool free kick against Newcastle. You, uh, I imagine you saw it where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Course, Shakir, yeah. yeah, the decision. How many times have we seen that? Oh. Fabinho foul yeah, yeah, yeah. on social media. Analyzing so many accounts tweeting every little sort of twist and turn and there's not many twists and turns but every decision almost now is just is all over social media and it's just analysed well, I guess we know because we're in the fan channel space in general like um, this like social media was definitely around in 2011 because oh, yeah. I remember annoying off United fans were going crazy on it but it wasn't anywhere near as much as say on Twitter and I remember it being around for the 13-14 season where we won it under Pellegrini mm. but it just didn't feel quite as I don't know maybe there wasn't the register there fan, fan kind of culture wasn't a big thing on Twitter like the whole football Twitter culture wasn't yeah, really there. I mean, we, we started our channel in 2012, 13, Fergie's last season. Yeah. Was, and we were, we, at the time, we were the only really United YouTube channel who was, who was doing anything. Yeah, yeah. So, and it really kind of blew up around like 2015, I would yeah. say, wasn't it, yeah. in general? Def- so. yeah. It's almost like, you know, Anthony Joshua's got a, a boxing match on the 1st of June. I only know that because you see it on social media, it's everywhere. And then the fighters, they go to press conferences and they talk to each other and they sort of, you know, give each yeah. other a bit of stick. It is, football's becoming like that in a way, I suppose, isn't it? With the, with the social media element of it, everything is hyped up <sighs> to the what? max. I can't remember games having as much of a 
an impetus in, in terms of how they feel now, like a few years ago. Honestly, I find it so tiring. <laughs> Maybe it's because I've been in and around fan channel stuff for a few years, but I got to the point now where I'm like, I just can't be bothered with it because it seems like um, everything is... I, I understand it, emotions run kind of really hot and stuff at this time of the season, but it got to the point where everything is just ridiculous. Like, everything is... like and The idea, for example, that someone's about to bottle the league is obviously just nonsense like who put what kind of team could ever bottle the league on 97 points or whatever or 90 you know i call 95 points i don't agree with that at all the idea that whoever doesn't win is a bottler is like well that's not that's i think too sometimes binary. you sort of look for a stick to beat the, the opposition with yeah. united fans will tell you liverpool bottled it by drawing with us at old trafford when we had a makeshift team just to have that dick we made three subs in the first half he couldn't beat us that's what's cost you the title yeah it's, it's that sort of mentality you know, which i get because you know you want to have something to say over yeah i've not got much else to say but i think people what take what used to be a little bit of friendly banter and that now is verbatim and they actually take it seriously yeah. right it used to be like no that's what you'd say down the pub for a laugh but because all kind of like nuance is lost on social media in terms you haven't got the wry smiles you haven't Tone. got the way yeah it's, people it's take it seriously as well in it because i was like me and you follow each other i follow a few city fans and not many obviously but a few but i think if you're say a Liverpool fan. The chances are you only follow mainly Liverpool fans. Yeah, yeah, of course. So you Echo only Chamber. get Liverpool news almost. So you don't get. You haven't got really a balance. You've just got you're being spoon fed Liverpool opinions and Liverpool news and Liverpool theories, and you buy into that yourself. So you don't really have much balance and nuance. You just have pro Liverpool, and that's the same for most fans of yeah. you know, teams. You know, they're the sort of accounts that you gravitate towards. I think you're right though about this being a social media title race. Essentially, I've never seen anything like it. Everything yeah. like throwing is like. Analyzed and contested, and the stats are brought out, and and all this sort of where where a linesman lives, and how close he is to Merseyside, <laughs> and all this garbage, and how close yeah. is he to Merseyside? I want to know right now. <laughs> His son plays in the academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. His cousin's got a season ticket. And yeah, all this yeah. nonsense. Do you know what I mean? I saw it actually. You say that. I think it's Matt Ryan, who's the Brighton keeper, who was saying, "Oh, it's quite exciting to be involved in a bit because I've got friends and family, Liverpool fans, and everyone's like, oh my god, he wants Liverpool to win yeah. all.' Well, of course he does. Like that's literally normal behaviour. It's almost like football. And we all have friends of a team. Yeah, it's like we all have people that Do we you know. The kid that was the the, the the bloke at Cardiff who tweeted or said earlier he thought Liverpool were going to win the league. And then when he, against Cardiff, he gave away a penalty, so everyone brought oh, all that Morris sweet. Yeah, once. like he did it on purpose. He missed, he missed that sit, didn't he? For yeah, away. <laughs> like he done it, he's done it on purpose. Like, yeah, he's just relegated well, his team. Kelechi missed that chance yeah, on purpose. Put it out there. Yeah. Inacho, <laughs> the incognito <laughs> Inacho. The yeah. meltdown that caused. That's, that's a football Twitter handle for you. Yeah. Right yeah. there. Uh, anyway, let's let's talk about the title race. But if you want to have your say, you can do 0345 treble one seven six two five eight double seven double one to text in, or you can send us a tweet at MCR Footy Social. Um, it, it's, it's a weird one because the nerves are going to start kicking in, aren't they? Very yeah. soon. Um, the game's on Sunday. It, it, with, the, with the title race with, uh, with the Aguero thing, obviously Manchester United, the result finished before. They, they had the results sealed up. I mean, if Liverpool score, is that going to... I mean, are the players going to know? Is that going to transmit to the pitch? Everyone knows. The fans know, therefore they know. And, you know, there's just a... And it might, be, it might get passed around, the, like, um, the coaches and stuff like that. I hope it doesn't go that far. <laughs> I don't want it to be worrying, you know, in the 90th minute and whoever finishes first and that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, there is that unique element, I guess, isn't there, where sometimes you wish happened more about, you know, teams playing 
together that you get this whole like well what are they doing what are they do up know, to kind do of you know thing what I remember like, you, you might be a bit too young for this remember when City got relegated when they, they were time wasted and they I, I remember win. yeah it was uh, Steve Lomas <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I miss those days Steve Lomas if you don't know, basically Man City were about to be relegated Steve Lomas thought we were safe he was time wasting in the corner <laughs> not knowing we needed to score I think it was against Liverpool actually yeah it was, it was yeah it needed right, to score it and um <laughs> Like yeah, that was I was screaming at him. And he's like, "Time wasted." Think it was the safe. That's when I knew they were the club for me. No. Yes, I miss those days. Yeah, it's all changed. I, yeah. I definitely don't, and do at the same time in a charming kind of way. Yeah. But yeah, this one, like, yeah, the nerves and anxiety got to be a massive part of it, and um, it's the whole thing where but it'll, it'll affect both teams. Like it'll affect entirely. Like the, I guess we've got the kind of the joys of being like. Um, it's normally a bad thing being away from home, but I reckon because we're away from home, there won't be the anxiety in the stadium because are, largely... Are you away from home? <laughs> Is it going to be full of Brighton fans at that, that stadium? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like quite a few mad talking about. It. No, in general though, yeah, you're probably right. Actually. <laughs> but I think largely it won't feel like um, these like fifty thousand people sat there anxiously holding their breath. You know, it'll be a, mm. just the away section, which I think might actually relax the players because it won't be as any more. There won't be as much expectation. Imagine being at Anfield, like in, like they'll. Actually, I guess for them actually, they've got nothing to lose, have they? So it'll be different. Yeah, but. I think there's there's such a positive vibe of them and yeah. getting to that Champions League final as well. Though. Yeah. And the way they've the manner in which they've done it, that I think they'll be they'll be I think I mean I can't see either of them dropping points this weekend. It's yeah, it's going to be. We should, we should be all right. We should re- logically. Who does Pep play though? Because he's played Vincent Company obviously the last few games. It might. I'm, I, I don't personally think it will be, but it might be perhaps his last game for Manchester City. It should be Vincent Company. It just has to be. Um, he's had a weak rest, so he's definitely got no problems in terms of fitness, and um, he's just become that big game man. Um, I think, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if deep down, um, even though he's a good player and that, Pep does have some slight doubts like about the likes of Stones in terms of his leadership and he's a good player, but it's just it's, it's notable that despite company having some slight kind of deficiencies in terms of distribution, which is obviously massive for Pep, um, he's still very good at passing, yeah. don't get me wrong, but in, relatively speaking, um, it's notable that he still goes for him because he obviously has that mentality to really focus the team mm. and he's just... Yeah, Pep isn't one for going for overtly passionate players for the sake of it, but the fact that he's going for company here shows how big his influence is. I mean, he's got to play. He has to play. How big is experience in a title race, Jay? Obviously, you uh, would have had players at United yeah. over the years that have just been rocks for you, really. I, I said it in the summer. I said I thought it was going to be between City and Liverpool, and I thought City's experience will count. It does matter. People say, oh, it doesn't really matter, but I think when it's, you start getting to it, as what Fergie used to call squeaky bum time, yeah. and it's you know, you're know you in those sort of... <laughs> the 80, classics. yeah. If you're in the sort of last stage of a game and it's nil-nil or you're up against it, people like your companies, we used to have players like that. We used to have the Roy Keynes or the the, um, um, the yeah. Steve Bruce's or just mm. leaders and people who've been there and done it. And don't panic. Wayne Rooney's, you know, another one. People who've been there, they've won it. You think, we'll have David Silva, Aguero, yeah. company playing most likely. Yeah. You know, and we've got, I mean, he's not that senior, but that's what Edison feels no pressure anyway. You know, we'll have a, at least a core of players right through the middle who'll just be so composed and calm, just, which is... If you, it's interesting, you, go back, you mentioned there the 2013-14 title race when Gerard infamously slipped. But yeah. if you watch that game and you look at how the anxiety got to yes. everyone, Gerard was snatching at everything. The big shooting experience from player. Yards yeah. Out. yeah, they were panicking. They were arguing with everyone. They were. They, it got some way. If you just had been a bit more composed, they yeah. went 1-0 down before our time, if memory serves. Or, yeah, because they went in at that. Yes, yeah, so you're right. It's not the end of the world. You could have come out composed and, and turned that... 
Because don't forget, it was a makeshift Chelsea team yeah. at Max Schwartz. It's funny yeah. what people remember because yeah. obviously they threw away a three 0 lead at Crystal Palace. They lost yeah. to West Brom. Kalatori yeah. made a mistake. It, but only one, only thing anyone ever remembers is the Gerrards. Yeah. But no, you're right again though. The, the Chris Palace, just a bit of composure. You've been there. We did, we've been here before, lads. Don't worry about you know. It's just and you look and you see the sort of leaders on the pitch and companies being there and worn a t-shirt and you know it pains me to it's say. It's definitely it, but, experience, but, isn't it? Yeah, it's hundred percent. It makes a difference, especially when the play. It's not even just the experience. It's almost like the status as well, because like even though the senior players, it's just. They're absolute world, genuine football legends, you know, in terms of no one would ever say that Aguero, David Silva and company aren't genuine world-class players and been there around the Premier League for a long time. So they are the kind of people that literally just genuinely scare other defences because Brighton, yeah. like, they're, 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 Brighton would be like, they're on the pitch. We've got a big chance of losing because it's Aguero, because it's David Silva. And so, yeah, that's the one problem that you're going to have because we're at the point now where all three of those are going to be replacing relatively soon Aguero's got a little bit longer left but you know they're all getting there so well, let's quickly talk about replacements because obviously this whole Bruno Fernandes story the Sporting Lisbon player I think he's got 27 goals on the left side of a midfield going, three this season he's 31 31 is it yeah. wow uh, unbelievable um, <laughs> obviously there's been mixed reports coming out in the press this week over yeah. whether Fernandes is going to be a Manchester City player or not I know you've done a bit of research on him mm -hmm. um, he looks like he does fit the Manchester City mould if, if there is one so to speak but um, it seems a bit strange the waters have been really muddied there with with, the, with that player Fernandes possibly coming in which will obviously be a great addition to an already talented squad there was loads of rumours going around basically that it was very very close and a bunch of relatively reputable journalists and I did a few rumours myself because you, you, you hear stuff every now and then whatever um that it was very close to being done and um uh, like genuinely very close and everyone very strong on it and all of a sudden yesterday about about 1 p.m about 10 local journalists all tweeted the same thing about city not being interested at all which obviously Manchester city brief the press pack you know the northwest press pack get all the usual suspects tweeting about it um which is very weird because it was a very flat denial for no reason you know to several journalists at the same time which is a bit odd whereas today in um the news in portuguese press has come out that city are about to tie up a link with sporting lisbon who are bruno fernandez's club about like loaning young players there and whatever um and as a result of that portuguese papers are now saying it's city have got a first refusal and all this kind of stuff on the player it's basically transfer nonsense as it always is mm. but um he looks fantastic he's uh essentially kevin de bruyne like the way he plays but he loves to bomb forward and score goals and that's what he reminds me of what i've watched of him and i would love him at city but i've got a feeling we're going to be in for a very long very tiring uh, transfer saga uh, this summer and once again it'll be the same for United there'll be transfer nonsense everywhere yeah well talking of United we're going to talk about that after the break young winger Daniel James from uh, Swansea City on the radar for Manchester United supposedly a £15 million deal is close but that doesn't mean anything these days does it anyway we'll talk about it more next on the Manchester Football Social Manchester Football Social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show Manchester Football Social Welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. Niall McCorn here alongside me in the studio from Full Time Devils. We've got Jay Motti. Hello, Jay. Hi, mate. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. We've got Stephen McInerney from Steam Company. Hello, Steve. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, we were just talking in that section there about Manchester City's chances of retaining their Premier League crown. If you're a blue and you've got an opinion, give us a call 0345 treble 17625. Should company play? Steve thinks so. I think so. I think yes. a unanimous decision in this studio. But if you've got any differing views on who Pep should pick for that big game at Brighton, let us know 0345 treble one seven six two five. Text us eight double seven double one, or you can tweet us at MCR Footy Social. But enough about the blue half of Manchester. Now let's focus on the red side of the city, uh, a side of the city which is 
probably slightly depressed at the moment. Is that right? <laughs> slightly. That's an understatement. I'm, I'm, just, trying to be, I'm just trying to be nice. How, how's your end of season? Anything going on? Well, yeah, we're having a big massive party. <laughs> Huge game uh, against Cardiff yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> Mouth-watering <laughs> epic clash. I've just Chance to get fifth place. Luke Shaw won both your Player of the Year awards. It doesn't, you know. <laughs> we're, we're, really, we're reaching dizzy heights here. And Luke listen, Shaw. I want to get on say, you know, one thing. I'm not having a dig at Luke Shaw. The best he can do is win both player of the year awards. But it does show where we're at because I don't yeah. even think he's played particularly okay. well this season. I saw someone so tweet saying it's, it's, the United shouldn't have had an end of season awards because they haven't been good enough. <laughs> Would that be harsh on those players that actually have put in reasonable I performances? Mean, I'm talking Lindelof and, and sure, to be fair to him, when he's played, he's been all right, hasn't he? Is, is that, is that not, unfair to say? I don't think he has been all right. I don't think he's been good enough. And I don't think a lot of the players have been good enough. And I think it shows where we're at because even in the past, you could argue when the likes of David De Gea, for example, won it basically five years on the trot, whatever mm. it was, he deserved it because he had an excellent season. Mm. I don't think anyone's really stood out for, for United this season. Victor Lindelof is probably my pick mm. of the best of a bad bunch because I think he's A, he's the most improved, and B, he's been the most consistent. But, you know, we're, we're fishing at the shallow One window. guy's done all right, given everything. I'm not saying he's played the air candidate, but McTominay's done all right, given... Yeah, no, yeah. no. He needs Jose there to give him a, a last-minute yeah. Jose yeah. Mourinho official Player of the Year award. At least he gives it. Well, yeah. No, he's for then. At least he cares. No, no, he don't listen. But Tomine, I wouldn't. There's certain. There's a, there's a core of players there that you think you can build around. Um, and Matsumane would be one of them, but it, it does sort of indicate how far we've fallen that people want the Player of the Year awards to be cancelled. Obviously, on, on full time, <laughs> yeah, goodness me, on full time, we can't pick one. Do you that, call it do off. Do you that website? Uh, is it cancelled or whatever? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> United's full time, de- United's full time, uh, full time Devils awards, United's Player of the Year awards, <laughs> yeah. cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you could do like a Twitter account. You know, yeah. has it happened yet? Has it been cancelled yet? No, no. every yeah. day. Uh, but of course, on full time Devils, the YouTube channel, you get. A lot of opinion, fan opinion, of course, over yeah. 500,000 subscribers, which is amazing. Um, and a lot of people saying United need to clear out the dead wood, yeah. almost as if it's easy. It's not yeah. easy because people... you've got players on contracts. And if you're going to get rid of Young, New Deal, Jones, New Deal, Smalling, these people, you, you're going to have to sell <laughs> Stop them. Stop laughing, Stephen. Gonna... This isn't funny. <laughs> you're going to you're gonna have to sell them. Who's buying? Um, Who's buying those for players? For stars, we need to get realistic. We're not going to get rid of... 10 players in the summer no, and bring in 10 players. So, and I know I get people are angry, they want to see change, but it is going to be a process that I think is going to take at least three transfer windows to get anywhere remotely near, near where we need to be. So I think the sort of the, there'll be one or two players that are obvious candidates to go. We know Valencia's going. It looks like Herrera's on his way out. Sanchez, I think, can't wait to get out of there. And I think the club can't wait to get him off the wage bill because it's been a bit of a disastrous move, and that's an understatement. Hmm. And it looks as though Romelu Lukaku is another one who could be on his way out apparently Antonio Conte is, is after him um, in terms of bringing in we know we've got Daniel James a kid who, well we don't know we've got him but it looks likely he's going to be one coming in we've been linked with one or two others as well so I'm, I think there'll be probably three or four out the door and three or four in and then we, we build from there there's just question marks around some players Paul Popper for example sure. is he going to be here next season and I don't know the answer to that I well, let, think he does at the minute let's talk about Daniel James Yes. A young player, an exciting player, who um, we've seen on TV a couple of he times was good this season. City. Of course he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was brilliant. Very good. He scored a great goal against Brentford earlier this season as well. You, you that one where he ran dead, dead, dead fast. That yeah. one. Rapid. That the one? He just yeah. ran right that one I've seen on middle. YouTube about 500,000 times. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only goal he's he scored. Incredible season, yeah. solo goal yeah. highlights HD 1080p when he just yeah. ran right through the middle, dead fast. Yeah. Lifted it over the keeper. Good goal. Looks a good young talent. But that was what the Fergie days were all about, was finding those 
bargain signings, you know, the, the Solskjaer one and a half million quid from, from yeah. wherever he came from, you know, and, and making a difference. But then, then you get this divide in the fan base that say, we need to stop making marquee signings and getting the checkbook out and spending a lot of money on players that aren't offering us enough. And yet, when you do sign or look to sign someone from Swansea City for a reasonably cheap fee in the modern market, you get stick for it because you're saying we're Manchester United. Why are we signing players from Swansea? It's a very strange logic. It pains me to say, but I think at the minute, you know, you have to look at where we're at and, and the players that are available and the players that we can get and also the players that would improve us. Mm. Now, you can get players from the, the sort of the, the bottom half of the table almost that can improve Manchester United. I was watching Leicester versus City the other night, and I, yeah. I and, and, and I tweeted nine of their players would get into our team. Was being a bit little bit facetious. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. you're not far off. Obviously. No, no, I'm not. And, and I would happily take Chilwell, yeah. Maguire, and Didi, Pereira, right back. Yeah, Chowdhury played well. Chowdhury, yeah, yeah. 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 Vardy would get yeah. in the team at the moment. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's, but you know, I don't say we just go, you know, go through ransack Leicester City. But <laughs> if you look at Liverpool, what they've done, and again, we've got to be honest about this and say, oh, it's the scousers. We don't, we don't, we don't follow them. But they have got some good players for, for relatively low fees from the, the lower part of the table. Shakiri mm. was from a relegated team. Mm. Wijnaldum was from a team Mane. that was struggling. Mane was from a team that was struggling. Mm. Um, oh, Robertson. Robertson was from a team that was relegated. Yeah, all right, they paid a lot of money for Van Dijk, but he was from Southampton. And I think there's players available there that we can come into the side, improve the side, and stick around for a few years. It happens in Germany loads, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, I think it? this is where yeah, we're at yeah. now. We need to sort of be realistic and say, Daniel James, I don't know a lot about him, but I like that direction. Do you know the club seems to be moving in. And I mean this in a positive way. I'm on about the young version, but it genuinely reminds me of Jesus Navas. Um, yeah. Like when he first came at City that first season, just a genuinely fast, skillful winger. Yeah. That first season he was, people forget because he went downhill, but he just beat him out and crossed brilliantly. And then yeah. he had so many assists for City under Pellegrini that year, but... Um, he reminds me of that in terms of direct, well, that, very fast, skillful. That, that's good you say that because we don't have a sort of out-and-out winger. We very have, old school winger. Yeah, we yeah. have Rashford who's not a winger. Martial who's not a winger, really. The, the, the sort of in-between a winger Inside and a striker. Forwards. Inside forwards, yeah. yeah. You've got Sanchez who's not really a winger. I don't know he's not anything he's, these yeah, days. Yeah, he's really not he's sort of, you know, player. up on, on it. Um, Moustache. Uh, yeah, and most of the time, if you watch our team, the, the players that are out wide, Lukaku seems to be on the hugging the touchline when he plays a lot. And then you've got the, the full-backs. Um, well, Ashley Young was a winger, but now he's a full-back, and you know, mm. that's another debate that we won't get into. But yeah, <laughs> I think this is a. It's, well, it makes a lot of sense, this move for me. And it, it, it's not so much... I don't know a lot about it, lad. He, he might be a success, he might not. But I like the fact we're moving in that direction of maybe going for sort of... Not Galacticos, but sure. players that have you know been in and around the sort of... the, 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 the Here's one for Premier you. Premier League or the he was British leagues. as fast English as league. Iron Robin. Really? Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? I thought he knew that. People think he's he's reading that. He knew it off the top of his head. No, actually. I'm amazed that he just... Which which era are we talking here? Um, (laughs) 2014 one. Do you remember the one in the World Cup where Robin was like lightning fast? He was ridiculous, wasn't he? This is the stats of it anyway. 36 kilometres per hour. (laughs) Just crazy, that. (laughs) Cheetah speed. Cheetah speed. Some people are like, I wouldn't be impressed if it was 40, but no. Yeah, 36. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to start chatting about that on... Uh, <laughs> it was 36. It's the Welsh Iron Robin. There you go. If you're a United <laughs> fan and you've got a chant to better 
Jay's just come up with. <laughs> Anyone? I'm taking Ryan credit for that as well. Oh, yeah. Come on. Okay. City he's not even. A, he's chance. not even a United player yet, and there's already something chance for something him. Something will go wrong now. Something yeah. will go wrong. Uh, get in touch. Oh three four five treble one seven six two five eight double seven double one. Let's. Why not have a bit of fun? It is the last Friday football social of the season. So get in touch at MCR Footy Social on Twitter. Can you think of a Daniel James chant? But anyway, <laughs> we'll leave, we'll put that to one side. We'll stop the barrel scraping for the time being and talk about Mike Phelan, who of course has signed a contract to stay at Manchester United. How important is that for the club? Yeah, it's funny because a few months ago, everyone was waxing lyrical about Mike Phelan, how he was an integral part of Fergie's success. Yeah. He's, he, he was a reason that Oli had won nine away games, whatever it was, on the trot, and we'd had such success. We need to keep him. You know, he, He's a massive influence on the players, and he's a coach of, of, who, who we need and all the rest of it. And then when the wheels come off, everyone just sort of has... I wouldn't say doesn't care, but has a little bit of apathy towards it all, and it's like, uh, where we know that... Mike Phelan has obviously been in around the club when we've had massive success. We know he knows the players. He knows that the club itself, Manchester United, and what we're about. And he, he obviously gets on well with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think that's the most important thing. He gets on with the players and with the managers. So, yeah, it is a move that I like to see. I think that yeah. despite the struggles that Ole's had, I still believe I think it's crazy not to give him time and sort of back him. And I think backing him in the right way is giving him the backroom staff that he needs. And he obviously wants Mike Phelan. So, let's get Mike Phelan nailed down in a contract, which is what I'm glad to see because... The other stories, the other rumours are, are the great unknown when it's talking about director of footballs and ex-players who've not been in that role. We know what Mike Phelan's about and it can mm. do that job. So, yeah, I'm all for I it. Think does yeah. off, does, sorry, Steve. Does Phelan offer that experience that Ollie doesn't have? Because Phelan's obviously been around the block. He, he's seen it, done it with Sir Alex. He's managed himself. Obviously, in terms of experience for Solskjaer, he's quite young in his management career. He's only managed Mulder in Cardiff before yeah. Manchester United. So, do you think that's kind of... Uh, another thinking point from the powers that be at United to maybe add that experience to the management team that Solskjaer, Carrick, etc. don't have. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the biggest disappointment when we look back now with hindsight was with Moyes when he came in, was he brought in his own backroom staff and there were so many problems there. Steve Round, Jimmy Lumsden, who, from what I've been told, I don't know, I'm not exactly in the know, but struck, clashed with certain players, certain players didn't respect him. They struggled in the role themselves because no disrespect to Everton. Going from Everton to Manchester United, it's a completely different sort of yeah. kettle of fish. Moyes himself was very different from Fergie, very hands-on the training ground and all the mm -hmm. rest of it when the players weren't used to the manager getting involved at that sort of level of involvement. So we, we missed the boat a little bit. I think Phelan and Renny Merlinstein should have been kept on. But, but now we're going back to that, which I understand. So, yeah, in answer to your question, yeah, I think it is good to have that experience around. Mm -hmm. Someone who's worked alongside Alex Fergie so long. Let's not forget, Mike Phelan wasn't a legendary United player. That, that was like, he wasn't a Roy Keane or a, yeah. you know a, a, a sort of a, I don't know an Eric Cantona or someone. He was he was a sort of fringe player. He had a, a you know a couple of seasons where he was in the team and then then he was on the fringes and then he moved I think to West Brom. So he he was in that coaching staff for a reason. It was his sometimes coaching they ability. make the best managers. Yeah, though, don't no, they, no, these you know sometimes yeah more often than not I think Pep's probably the exception to the rule. Most managers you know you look at your Klopp's, you look at even Sir Alex Wenger. Wenger, they're not Mourinho, Jose. Yeah. Yeah. The, Jose I mean, was a translator for. Yeah, a I mean, Fergie was a good player. He wasn't a you know an amazing world superstar. I think. You know, Ari, yeah, Ari Jose, Red, Ari Redknapp. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was an England international. I think you know, there's a, there's a few that have been there. There's, there's going to be exceptions every now and then. Yeah. yeah, largely. Largely, you know, they tend to be the sort of the, the, like you say, Wenger's a great example of it. Yeah, One I mean, thing about yeah. feeling as well though, in general, if you, you if you are going down this transfer route of getting not unknowns, but you know what I mean, the next yeah. gen as opposed to big world stars, you're probably going to need someone to. 
uh, around the club to be there who understands you know the United way and all that kind of stuff but genuinely that is quite important I guess someone who can give these young lads a sense of where they're at uh, you know and say look this is my United and whatever this is what you're expected to do here that isn't Paul Pogba doing it you know because yeah. we've all no one's going to pay him seriously really even though he's a world star he won't have that same kind of um, I guess appreciation of the club and the way that's what my feeling will do and that is useful for someone like Daniel James if he does come in because um, you do need that don't you you need well, you to put your senior players it's a good point you say that because you look at Wilfred Zaha his move to United and that's been sort of analysed recently because he's made a few statements and done some interviews where he's spoken about it and how he was just <laughs> sort of Fergie bought him and then left Moyes came in obviously didn't rate him but Solskjaer had him at Cardiff yeah yeah but he was sort of left to his own devices he, he, no one looked after him he was moved he lived in a house on Bramble on his own yeah. didn't know anyone it, and he, he, he said it was just like it, it was a bit of a nightmare for him where you've got someone like Mike Feeling there who knows about young players knows about the United way knows about sort of nurturing the talent how to work with them he's worked with the young players in the past then he can help players like you know someone like a, a Daniel James or another young player to sort of ingratiate them into the club and, and make them feel at home so I think that yeah um, integrate them sorry into the club so I think um, I think it, it's a good move yeah, keeping Mike feeling on. I, I would have, I would have been disappointed had we not kept him on. Put it that way. I watched an old interview with David Beckham the other day, um, and <laughs> that was riveting. It, it was yeah. two yeah. minutes. Of well, him. they were going through his old uh, yeah. hair. They were going through his old haircuts, and you remember the bar? <laughs> remember the cutting, cutting edge? Was this a oh, dispatch? Special, fascinating, yeah. absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, they went went f- um, through the pictures, and the barnet that he had with the Mohican came yeah. up. And uh, the, the person interviewing him said, "What did the gaffer say? What did Sir Alex say?" when he saw it and he said shave it off you can't look like that at my football club is what yeah. Sir Alex said that old school that tough natured approach has that been lost a little bit at United do you think because we see I know, football I know, really I but think. this is the yeah. thing isn't it and, it's an old generation it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me but when you see people running around celebrating doing silly dances or they've got stupid haircuts I just think if Sir Alex was at, yeah, but at Manchester United Griezmann's still, one of the best that... players in the world and he does that you know like still, yeah. Griezmann's still quality like, just... people forget that Sir Alex mellowed slightly he did because yeah. he had to there was a time when you know you know, no United players had like sleeve tattoos or anything I think Alexander Butner believe it or not was like the first United player <laughs> Butner I forgot about him the echelons of United history is like the first United player who had a sleeve tattoo or one of the first because Things like that, Fergie didn't like, you know, gold boots and he didn't like mowing He's only 30, by the way. Is it really? Yeah, he's up for Tess. Oh, I remember his debut against Wigan. He was he was amazing. Everyone thought he was going to be the new Patrice Evra. It didn't yeah. quite work out that way. Um, but Fergie had to sort of mellow a little bit because the, the game has changed. Players have more power than they've ever had. Sure. So you can't get away with kicking football boots in players' faces. You can't get around with telling players, you know, you're not going to do that. You're not going to go on social media. You're not going to be able to do that. What, what sort of haircut you're having. Yeah. Players just aren't going to stomach it. It shouldn't make a difference. No, it shouldn't. shouldn't. And, and I think, and, but let's not forget, Fergie evolved as a manager all the time. Of course he did. The 93 title winning team was completely different from the 2013 title winning team. And the way he dealt with it was different. So, yeah, I think um, I think that, that football has moved on. And I get where you're coming from. You do need that connection to the club and that little bit of an mm. old school mentality, mentality can be a good thing. But you can't have an old fashioned throwing cups of tea at players. Is and, there and an obsession with, the with what? Ferguson did obviously what he did was amazing we're not taking away from the credit are, are the supporters somewhat obsessed with we need to be like we were back then and they kind of because Fergie was that ever present yeah. do you think there's a slight obsession with wanting to be the same as as you were back then in terms of a, 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 a football team and the way you're managed yeah I mean we were just so so lucky yeah. and so it was so rare even for that era to have a manager you club yeah. for 26 and a half years whatever it was 27 years it's it's unheard of 
Yeah. You know, people, people, they, oh, it was the 90s. It didn't happen in the 90s. But people need to forget <laughs> yeah. about that. They need but to forget and, do, and think about do. the future and what but, United can be in the future. But you're always going to have that nostalgia. You're always going to remember the good times. You're always going to remember what Sir Alex achieved. And you want to get back to that. And when you talk yeah. about getting back to Sir Alex, we just want to get back to winning football matches. It's that simple. Honestly. That's it. From a, uh, you would never agree, because why would you? But like from a City fan's perspective, and I'm not neutral, of course, but I'd, I'd try being this in this point. I honestly think that the second Ferguson um, walked out of the club, it should have been like, right, his era's done. You know, like he he, he became the United Way because he was there so long. You know, like he literally no, I, I get in that, general. Yeah. So I feel like it should have been like now when you've got like. Solskjaer harking about, back to that a lot. Yeah. I know football's very romantic and Unai Emery isn't apart talking it. about Wenger, is he? Let's but you've say. just got to literally go, right, that's the end of that point. We can't possibly be the same we Let's are. Let's not forget, Nottingham Forest still talk about the Brian Clough way. <laughs> and <laughs> that is the point, exactly, yeah. like <laughs> that, that ended in the 80s or whatever, and they yeah. still talk about it. You can't ever possibly be the yeah. same as it wasn't Ferguson because it was so long ago, you know, yeah. in terms of when it started and where it ended. So you almost have to just draw a line under it and just move on because it just think, is impossible to replicate. I think United, you know, as a club, have always been proud of our history, our traditions, and nostalgic. Which you should view. be. Yeah, which yeah. you should be. And, and I know every club can say that, but we know the reasons why United especially have, have got sort of special connotations with, with that sort of thing. And I think you are going to be having nostalgia and a love, genuine love for Sir Alex because of the effect that he's had on, you know, it certainly made my life a lot better. But I think you can have almost like the best of both worlds. Yeah, you can have Hark a little bit to Sir Alex era, have Mike Feel in there, have Ole Gunnar Solskjaer there, but you have to move with the times. And mm. what worked for Sir Alex isn't necessarily what works now. Say, you I, have to, I, you not, have to progress forward. I'm not saying bar Sir Alex from Old Trafford, but no. the fact he sat there in the stands is I'm, that, I'm is not that, going. Is that a this, this is nonsense. This for starters. You could clear out Old Trafford and just let Sir Alex Ferguson sit there on his own by rights because the idea that he's got no <laughs> right to come and watch the club that he's more or less built from the, from the no, source. No, yeah, of course. He, you know, know, of course he should be able to go and watch no, his yeah. club. And if you're a manager or you're a player at Old Trafford, are you really going to be sat there thinking or playing, sorry, thinking, oh, over there somewhere in one of those stands is Sir Alex Ferguson looking over at me? Little things no. like the car parking and stuff of Solskjaer, that's a bit silly. Where, like, that, where Solskjaer wouldn't park in his, his, the manager's thing. Oh, I didn't even know that, really. Oh, no, see, no, 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 I've not made that up. No. It's a genuine thing where Solskjaer said, oh, I can't park in the space. It's still the gaffer's space. And they're like... All right, mate. <laughs> Come on, you're the boss now. Yeah, well, You've literally, yeah, you mate. are the boss. Literally, that's weird. That <laughs> like that. He might have parked in it one day and found that his car had been keyed. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe better not do that yeah. again. But Fergie listen, was here. In I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with having reverence towards Fergie and having respect for him and having that little bit of nostalgia. But we have to be honest and genuine about where we're at now. And I think we have we are building differently here now. We're building almost to where Sir Alex came into back in the eighties, where. We're going up and up and up. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> I believe you. I'm just showing you, yeah, by Steve, the way. Yeah. Steve's showing me this. Yeah, Kenzie thought I was just being blue. Yeah. <laughs> well, and rightly so, how dare you park in Sykes Ferguson's car uh, park <laughs> space? He should be sacked immediately for that. It's disgusting. I'm going to do that next time I turn up. I'm not going to park in Clint Boone's space. I'm not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is the Friday Manchester Football Social. Get involved with the show. That was uh, talking about United there, but we want to talk about our moments of the season coming up next on the Manchester Football Social. Hi, <laughs> Manchester Football. Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. F1 is a story of constant evolution. In the 50s, Fangio pushed the boundaries. In the 70s, Team Lotus gave us speed. In the 80s, Senna and Frost gave us rivalry. And in 2012, Sky Sports gave it a home. Now, here's to a new chapter. Sky Sports F1, the home of live and exclusive F1. Unlock Manchester with the new Range Rover Evoque.
Know your. From your. Know your reds. From your blues. Know your underbelly. Welcome to the frog and bucket. And where to fill your belly. And here's your chocolate cat cake. Know your northern quarter. Jack White for Harriet. From your green quarter. Live for Manchester with the new Range Rover Evoque. Land Rover above and beyond. Oh, what the? Clive's has seen his latest energy bill. But with U-Switch, he could save big without the hassle. Really? Sure, Clive. U-Switch help you choose a better deal and handle the switch for you. Well, that sounds simple. It's the easy play. Just go to uswitch.com and join the 5 million people who've already switched. Yes! You're in the switching big leagues now, Clive. One chump defense with that. Come again? You switch. Switching made simple. I paid 250 quid to see the Rolling Stones at Old Trafford. I had to miss a couple of months' rent. I had to give up drinking for about six months for it as well. It was worth it in the end. We know you'd give everything to be at the gig. We also know sometimes it's just not possible. With Beatstream Live, problem sorted. Stream audio from your favourite venues, bands and DJs. Live in the moment, directly to your phone. Download the app today. Beatstream Live, the next best thing to being there. Hey, Bob, beer? Yeah, sure, I'll have a slow-brewed, cask-aged, triple-hopped IPA, handcrafted by artisanal... Mind. Some people think they're so special, but with the daily jackpot at Paddy Power Games, an average jackpot of £14,000 is guaranteed to be won by 10pm every single day. So don't think you're special if you win it. Uh, served in a frosted glass with a handle. Right, we've got canned lager or cider. Paddy Power Games. Jackpots must be awarded daily and vary from day to day. Jackpot is shared with other operators available on selected games. T's and C's at paddypower.com, 18 plus, begumbleaware.org. Manchester Football Social. Welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. Niall McCorn here. We've got Jay from Full Time Devils in the studio. We've got Stephen McInerney, coughing Stephen yeah. McInerney. It's just the so nerves much tension. To him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm nervous. Very nervous. Nervousness. Of course, we've been talking about the fact that Manchester City have a chance to retain the Premier League title if they can beat Brighton on Sunday. Manchester United, the small matter of Cardiff City in the race for that's fifth. That's where the real action is this weekend. Never mind your title races. That's, the real, that, that's the real quiz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that will be a quiz 20 years from now. Which team are the top six is not involved in any form of final at the end of the season. <laughs> we all know the answer. Yes. We all know the answer. But I want to ask you guys about your favourite moments of the season, of course, because uh, Sunday, that's it for another year. 18-19's done, and then we'll be looking forward to 1920 before too long, as in the season, not the year. <laughs> Although some of United's football does resemble from the 1920s at times. Tell you what, there's no need for that now. You're meant to be the... Uh the objective uh, adjudicator here. Now you're <laughs> joining in with these digs about having it. Last one. Terrible. Last one. You'll have forgotten about it by the start of next season, so it's absolutely fine. Yeah, I'll uh, have more heartache to deal with then. Your favourite moment um, has to be, surely, in the Champions League for Manchester United. Paris Saint-Germain, amazing victory. Um, youngsters on the pitch. Rashford scores a penalty. It's got to be your top moment, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's sort of embodied everything that you'd like United to be about, the last-minute drama that we're so used to over the years. Like you say, the youngsters, Mason Greenwood, sees Chong um, on the pitch, McTominay, um, Rashford scoring the winner as well, uh, you know, someone who came through the academy, local lad, um, and that, that thing of looking dead and buried as well, you know, sort of coming back from, from a seemingly a game that you looked like you'd lost, which obviously under Ferguson was famous, the sort of trait that we had. Yeah, so it ticks all the boxes. It was great. And I, I genuinely, that night, I believed that... I know it sounds ridiculous now, but I believe we had a chance in the Champions League of going all the way. I did. I thought, oh, something special's happening here with Ollie. 
you know, this could this could be it. We could we could do something so unexpected and obviously it fizzled out. But football, eh? Football, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Always lets you down eventually, doesn't it? But um, yeah, that moment and sort of encapsulated everything that was good about Ollie's early early reign at United. Well, I'm going to make your day even better because we've got a Liverpool fan on the line, believe it or not. Dan's given us a call and he says, I don't know where Dan is, it sounds like he's in a <laughs> building site somewhere. Um, very loud where Dan is. Uh, but he wants to talk about the fact that, uh, that Liverpool now, uh, Liverpool 10 years ago, sorry, resemble United now. Is that right, Dan? Appreciate your time, Listen. mate. Thanks for calling in. Uh, good points uh, he makes yeah, there. What do you think? Listen, I, I'm sort of old enough to remember as a kid when Liverpool were dominant and, you know, you were waiting for them to sort of start slipping. That's what happened. Um, I get where he's coming from, yeah. We all know the, the, the Moyes thing we've sort of we've covered. Um, he mentioned there something where he talks about, you know, you're not in the Champions League, so you can't attract the big players. He mentioned, like, the Dean Marias. I think, perversely, although I would love to be in the Champions League, I think that might help us. If this... Not because we don't want to attract the best players, but I think we need to take stock and stop this Galactico nonsense of trying to get these massive stars on massive wages for massive transfer fees just to come to the club for a couple of years and then moving on. I think we need to start building sort of a foundation. Um, and if that's players that are happy to come to United, younger players, because it's United and because they want to play in the Premier League and because they want to do well and have success, which I think we can have, then that should be the way forward. So, yeah, he's, he's right. It pays me to say, you know, you, you've done well. You managed to get a scouser who's not talking nonsense. He's talking absolute <laughs> I don't know where he was, though. Uh, <laughs> it sounded like he was operating heavy machinery. He was right, and I hope that that's my big fear, that we don't have what Liverpool had, which is, what, 30 years of... Mm. of Sort of chasing the past, yeah, chasing it. Yeah, I remember I saw it, you know, when I was a kid when we first won the the title 93. 
I remember my dad and his mates sort of these are sort of you know old school reds you know they're not shrinking violets being emotional and almost in tears I think they'd waited for 26 years to see that they'd seen Liverpool winning everything and they'd waited for so long and like you know and I, I never experienced that we, we we've not won the title for six years which is the longest since I've been sort of grown up that we've ever gone without it so it can happen it can and that's that's the big worry we go 59 and counting for us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're talking about the uh, the moments of the season, obviously, between the, the, the two Manchester clubs. United's uh, moment of the season, in Jay's opinion, was uh, obviously Marcus Rashford securing that 3-1 win in Paris. Brilliant game for them. Uh, what about you, Steve? What, what, what you your to start, I guess, really? <laughs> One moment. <laughs> moment of the season. Um, I'm honestly going to name a few because I can. Has um, it happened yet? Uh that's a good point actually couldn't it it could be we could win the league or we could win the domestic treble we're the first team to ever do that um, so it could be that one of those I guess but up to this point but up to this point there's been, I've for? just wrote a quick list and I'm, I'm allowed to in front of me about like five moments I enjoyed <laughs> there's a lot there but uh, for very five different reasons more than I asked you for as well one of them was I was at Wembley for the Carabao Cup final Sterling's penalty that was great fun because watching you know someone like Sterling score a penalty giving everything that was fantastic um Foden scoring the winner against uh, Spurs in a title race game, you know, coming yeah, on as a young lad. City, yeah, City yeah. fan, uh, easing the nerves very early on. Absolutely fantastic because he's a local lad. He's one of us and all that kind of stuff. Company's goal the other night, <laughs> just phenomenal. Like, you couldn't write that. That started off a crazy week of football, didn't it, really? But company just belting one on top corner from 30 yards, goosebumps. The Liverpool game, uh, the 2-1, the Etihad was fantastic. So, so good. Uh, just incredible atmosphere. It was all about blood and fun of that game as well. It wasn't about great football. It was just about intensity and desire. And then the Chelsea 6-0 wasn't bad either. You know? <laughs> <laughs> to it. Yeah, I know. Uh, the, this current 13 game runs all right as well. But um, yeah, single moment for me, the, the most relief I've had is it's split between the Liverpool game or company's goal. I'm going to say company's goal because it's just, it's Vincent company. It's a guy who means the world to Man City fans. It's a guy, the only guy who's there, who predates the takeover. And it's only by a couple of months, but it means something because he came in, you know, a different time and all that kind of stuff. And um, as a company is the heartbeat of this club and the man more than anyone, um, the City fans, I, I think largely he's the one we're going to be gutted to see go because, you know, he's just everything. He's, he's the captain. Uh, so him to score that goal, when most people would if he could be playing at this time in the season at all, uh, yeah, just phenomenal. Goosebumps. Yeah, a few honourable mentions from from Steve there. So oh, yeah. Others, Jim, I could have gone down that road. If there's any the, other the two-one win at home to West Ham and the, uh, <laughs> that's the last time you won. The one-nil win away at Spurs. first half against City. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. There you go. Hey, eh? we went in at nil-nil. <laughs> uh, it has been a mad season. One we've had almost three three we've had we've had for us we've had three seasons in one yeah. really. We've had the Jose era, which was just constant <laughs> arguing and rowing and just but but the occasion people forget that the occasional. You know, impressive result. Juventus, for example, away going one 0 behind to Ronaldo yeah. and winning two one. That was under Jose, and people always almost dismiss that. Um, and then obviously Oli and that amazing start they had, where mm -hmm. we just couldn't stop winning, um, especially away from home. They broke the records, broke the most, you know, the record most number of points in away first wins ten games, and, away wins. Mm, yeah. the, then you know, Paris was sort of the pinnacle, and then from there it's gone downhill. And you know, the recent record has been amazingly bad. I think two wins out of 12. And even like last wow. weekend, drawing at Huddersfield, we've taken, what, 12 points or that, 13 points all season. Honestly, not trying to rub it in. I'm just well, trying no, to is, that, is that like uh, the worst it's been since Ferguson, that run? 
probably close, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's probably so had the think, best run under Ollie and possibly the worst as well. Yeah, because I, I would argue that the, the middle's the worst eventually, shouldn't it? <laughs> the, yeah, the thing with that run under Ollie is it's probably it's it's probably physically the worst in terms of the amount of points over those games. Um, yeah. And it, it feels bad as well because it was so bizarre because we were yeah. playing so well and we had a good you know good squad and we were performing and we were getting the results and then for the wheels to come off so dramatically it it's just unreal because it did go so well it's almost like it was such a good run that and it was a team who probably weren't that good if we're being honest the run was so good that as soon as it the first sign of in, insecurity and anxiety kicked in it just you know absolutely. The floor for that from believing. I, I think it almost like amplified it. Almost. Yeah, I think that have to be quick here, boys. Yeah, I think the, t- the team was finally balanced, and I think that when the certain players Herrera, Matic, Pogba, that midfield three was vital. Lingard, Rashford, Martial, when they were playing well together, and when you started taking one or two players out, it had a massive effect, and it was difficult to get it back. Well, that's it for another season, boys. Oh, that's it. That's it. And it's so if much to play was, for. The, the worst relief, the, the relief on me. Jay's face, <laughs> the tension on Steve's face. You <laughs> couldn't write it. This has been the Manchester Football Social. I've been Niall. Thanks very much for listening. Don't forget, the show is available as a podcast. Make sure you search Manchester Football Social wherever you get your podcasts and hit that subscribe button as well. But we'll be back on Sunday at 6pm for all of the reaction to the final day of the Premier League. Will Manchester City be Premier League champions? Will Manchester United beat Cardiff? Who knows? Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And uh, thanks for being a part of the Manchester Football Social for this season. It's been a ride, but we're nearly there. Final hurdle. Can see it in sight. Come Jay on, can't Cindy. wait. Uh, Look listen, honestly, uh, the, my worry is the worst could be yet to come. <laughs> I could what, be watching the City, City the trouble. Yeah, City win the treble, the rest of the treble. Yeah, what are you going to be doing on Liverpool, Sunday? Uh, well, I'll be, at, I'll be at Old Trafford giving the, the boys a, the, the, the send-off they deserve. Sky Sports notifications <laughs> off on uh, Jay's phone. Yeah. 100% lose-lose for United fans, of course. Uh, how are you feeling about Sunday, Steve? It'll be all right. Hopefully, no logic dictates that City should win this. I'm very nervous, obviously, but I just want an early goal. Early goal, make it comfortable. We don't tend to do comfortable in, when it matters, so I'm just hoping we do. Another Vincent Company thunderbolt? On That'll the do. I, I'll take in off the arse of Lewis Dunk. That'll do me. <laughs> so I'll take <laughs> that for a winner. Magnificent. Yeah. Anyway, thanks to Steve. Thanks to Jay. I've been Niall. Thanks for downloading the Manchester Football Social. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. You never know when we might be back. But anyway, don't forget, the final day of the season is on Sunday and we'll have all the coverage for you live on Excess Manchester, 6 till 7pm. All of the fallout, make sure you're there. But for now, enjoy your summer and we'll see you next season. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.